Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 658, air date June 21st, 2020. Good evening, everyone. It's uh, around 1040. We're going to have a discussion today to really understand uh, the system of how money moves, uh, international quote unquote trade is taking place. And it's something I just learned recently from some uh, two very interesting forensic accountants who I spend quite a bit of time with who are, who've been doing some amazing work exposing the Clinton Foundation. And um, one of them uh, did a lot of work uh, across different governments and he was able to share with me how money laundering actually works. But anyway, before we start, so uh, good evening to everyone on Instagram, good evening to everyone on Facebook, YouTube, as well as Periscope, we have Mississippi, Papua New Guinea. Wow, place I always wanted to go to, Denver, uh, Washington State, um, Hawaii. Oh, great. Uh, who else is coming in? Please say hello while I'm getting my couple of things set up here. And let's see if I have. Um, uh, today, we had an interesting day. We actually uh, went, we took our bus down to Oxford, Massachusetts, where a gym owner is fighting to open his gym. It's been, in my view, illegally closed by the governor of Massachusetts, who, by the way, is involved in an organization called Partners in Health, which is doing a lot of the contact tracing. Anyway, we have Mexico, uh, New Jersey, Houston, Texas, Tampa, how are you? Northern California, Susan Craig, Andrew Jackson, uh, Diane Vitalis from Sarasota, Florida, Malaysia, wonderful. Los Angeles, welcome, Oregon, uh, Cabo San Lucas in Mexico. Great to have you. Scotland, Australia, Arizona, Hawaii, Northern Wisconsin, uh, Vineland, New Jersey, North Carolina, Kentucky, Missouri, Virginia Beach. All right. And who do we have here on Instagram world? Okay. Good to see you all. West Palm Beach, Florida. So anyway, um, as many of you know, I'm running for United States Senate. The premise of our campaign is truth, freedom, and health. And it's something I always like to uh, reshare and talk about. Uh, the fundamentals of that campaign are we need to really fight for freedom. And without freedom, we can't really have uh, truth. And that's what, if you go to our website, Shiva for Senate, that's right embedded right in the logo, which means freedom is our ability to discourse, have debate, talk, discuss. It's something that the elites, the deep state, do not want us to have because truth will come out. Uh, what uh, And truth comes out from the scientific method where we actually... Uh, observe something, do experiments, um, uh, fight it out, and get to truth. They rather practice what's called scientific consensus, which is really about shoving something down our throat, which is basically a bunch of uh, uh, people sort of agreeing with the fake news media and pummeling it down our throat. That's scientific consensus, which is different than the scientific method. If we get to truth, then we can identify what the real problem is, and then we can innovate real solutions to get to the health of our body in the case of, for example, this entire nonsensical COVID virus fraud, it's really, uh, the truth is what we're really talking about is we need to boost the immune system. It's not about uh, vaccines and giving one person or everyone the same medicine. But that's what our campaign's about, truth, freedom, and health. And that approach that I just shared with you is a systems approach to understanding how things work. Without freedom, you can't get to truth. Without truth, you can't get to health. Without health, we don't have the strength to fight for freedom. Um, those of you in the United States, if you're listening, and those of you outside 
I'll, I'll show you how you, uh, you can also get access to some tools. But those are people who support our campaign when the, in the United States. Please take advantage of this. One of my goals for running for U.S. Senate is uh, it's an educational goal. It's not waiting until we win the Senate election. Also to people on Instagram and others here is you can watch this right on YouTube or on Twitter. Uh, but one of our goals is to educate people how things are systems. And so this has taken uh, my whole life to really consolidate this into a way that is accessible to everyone. We talk about systems, you can get very esoteric about it, but I've put together a way, it's about a 108 page book called System and Revolution. Everyone should read it. It'll teach you what is a system. It'll teach you basically high-end engineering systems, but I make it very accessible. One of the skills that I, um, um, like to pass on or like to use is the ability to take very complex information and make it easy. And then we talk about what is revolution, what is change. That's the theory you can learn from the book. And then I've created a tool called Your Body, Your System, where you can apply those principles to your body as a system. And um, those of you outside of the United States have said, hey, I, I also want to take advantage of this. Well, you can go right to yourbodyyoursystem.com and right on the front page, it actually shows you how this tool works. Um, first of all, understanding you, your natural system state. So you answer a set of questions and it finds out in this framework of transport, conversion and storage, your body type or your natural system state, where your body likes to be. All of our bodies like to be in different positions, you know, in, a, <clears throat> in an energetic sense, in a control system sense. And then you can find out how your body is deviated from that at any point in time. You can do this daily, weekly, monthly, and that's a black dot. And then you can figure out from a control system standpoint, how with different inputs, no different than a pilot, you know, moving their plane back into the right direction, how you can use the inputs of food, exercise, mental activities to bring your body into alignment. And that's fundamentally systems theory, but I encourage everyone to take advantage of this. Also, people want me to mention, we also have our institute that I started back in 2007 called Systems Health. And those of you who are interested in that can go right to systemshealth.com. And we have all these cool certification programs. We have a foundations of systems systems program. We can actually learn the introduction to systems health, the fundamentals of systems theory, how your body is a system. And you can actually understand the physics of truth, freedom, and health. And this is actually uh, to train people to be truth, freedom, and health warriors. You get the book. We actually certify you. You get access to a very cool portal. Um, where you can actually use these principles to help your family and your friends. And there's a whole range of other courses. Uh, recently, I set up the master certification program where you can go through this, but people should take advantage of this. We've made it um, uh, very affordable for people because we know people are at all different levels. And if people need scholarships, please write us too. Anyway, that's the background on what we do there. Let me now um, use those. The reason I like systems approaches because you can use it to really understand pretty much anything in the universe. Your body is a system, the immune system. And today what I'm gonna talk about is the system of how money laundering takes place in the world. The system of money laundering. It's a very interesting process because what we find is that there's a whole nother world operating in here globally on how money is transacted. And it's very different from uh, what we think. But, but it, so I put together a set of diagrams that can explain this to you and you can explain it to your friends. So let me just um, move on over here. And um, before I go there, what I wanna so ask you is, 
you know, many sort of lay out the model here. So, you know, if country A wants to sell something to country B, or to be more specific, let's say a manufacturer of something country A wants to sell something to country B, right? And ship it there and get their money. How does that all occur? We think that this is pretty straightforward. What it turns out is when country A sends something to country B, uh, depending on the trade agreements with those countries, there could be tariffs. Okay, so for example, if I ship, you know, I have my hat here, if I ship a bunch of hats to South America to sell, I'm, I'm the manufacturer of these great Shiva hats, by the way, you can get these. Um, and I wanna ship them to South America. Um, how does that work? Well, if I ship them there, that country may have tariffs for imports coming in called import tariffs. If I send, sell them a million dollars worth of hats, some of those countries may have tariffs as high as 40%, which means the government, if I send them a million dollars worth of hats, that country, who the receiving person who's buying my hats, the distributor there will have to, let's say he's, he has to send me a million bucks, he may have to give 40% to the government. That's called the tariff, okay? And the reason some countries do this is to dissuade, which means tell people not to import certain materials, but to buy it locally to support local economies, okay? So that's, uh, is one thing that comes in the face of international trade, which is, and you can imagine people wanna support local economies. So that's the background. Now, what I'm gonna share with you is an example of, let's say someone in the United States, a company who wants to sell something to a company in South America, and how does that deal actually going down? Now, one of the friends I recently met who shared with me, he said he was running a company in the United States, which um, down in Virginia was making all different kinds of ball bearings, you know, um, machinery that are used in all different kinds of machines. And he was noticing that uh, uh, his company was sending stuff to a company in South America and you know they they talked they got the invoice the purchase order and then they would ship them something and then uh, typically they had 30 days net to receive their goods well how did they get those goods I, I mean they get their money well he was noticing that they would ship it to them and they were typically asked to ship it to some place in panama um, and he thought this was a distribution site for clearing um, and then the the money was not coming from that actual vendor in south america he noticed into their company's bank account. It was coming from all these random Western Union um, uh, wire transfers from different parts of the United States. And he said, well, what's really going on? Because from an auditing perspective, um, the person that you sent the goods to is the person from their bank account that should be sending this. And as he unraveled this, what he found out was that this entire system was based on drugs that, um, Drugs were really being being used as a currency for inter-country transfer. And I'm gonna walk you through that. So let me take you over, to, over here and I'm gonna show this to you. So let's go to my window here. So this is sort of what we're looking at, okay? We're looking at a situation uh, where a, a, let's say I'm gonna give the example of a US company which is making razors, wants to sell razors to a company in South America and they obviously want to get paid in dollars, right? They don't want to get paid. Uh, so if you're the US manufacturer, you want to send 
the companies of South America, your goods, razors, and then you want to make sure you're getting paid in dollars, right? Because you don't really want pesos, for example, you want dollars. So how is this actually going down? And, and um, I'm going to do a series on this because we'll find out some of the biggest U.S. corporations, household brands are involved in money laundering using drugs. But this is today's talk is a short talk to give you the theoretical systems framework of how all this works. So what you'll notice here is this is what the goal is, right? The goal is to for the U.S. razor company, you know, he strikes a deal with the South American company they agree to buy. So he wants to sell them razors. So what happens actually? Well, it turns out that the U.S. company actually ships the razors not directly to the South American company's address, but to a location typically in places like Panama. Okay, the Panamanian uh, address uh, then smuggles this these razors to the South American company, and it's because that if this South American company actually bought these razors direct, they would be subject apparently to tariffs. So the U.S. companies literally sent shipping it to a address in Panama, and th these razors underneath the uh, underneath uh, customs are then um, uh, brought to that South American company. Okay, so step one: smuggling is taking place to bring these razors into, let's say, the country in South America. Then what happens is that South American company is sells those razors to their local population. So they're selling the razors at some cost um, and uh, they're getting pesos in return, right? Let's say this is South America. So the South American company sells a lot of razors to all their local institutions and then they're getting the pesos coming back. Once that's done, um, this is what's interesting. This company uh, takes these pesos and what I want to do here, let me just for, for, for sake here, let me just do something here to make this clear um, because I miss left this out here. I just did this right before. This company is actually then sending to this um, local company here. I mean, Pablo Escobar, I'm using that name, a drug kingpin. They're sending him pesos. Okay. So let's go back here. So that company then, uh, which got pesos, uh, remember, they need to deliver dollars to the U.S. company. So they send pesos to a drug kingpin like Pablo Escobar. And what does he do with that? Okay. What he does with that is he does cocaine production. Let's say in Colombia, he takes those pesos and he pays for it. And by the way, to give you the economics of it, what I learned was one kilo of cocaine, one kilo only costs about a hundred dollars to make only a hundred dollars to make. Okay. $100. That's it. And then Escobar gets cocaine back and then he ships that to us drug dealers. The shipping cost is $5,000. So the total cost of getting one kilo, if you follow the one kilo from cocaine production over to the us drug dealers, um, which are under Escobar's control are about $5,100, hundred dollars for the production in pesos and then $5,000. Those US drug dealers, what do they do? Okay, let me go back to this diagram here. I don't think I'm sharing this. Maybe I wasn't sharing this, there you guys go. Okay, I hope everyone can see that. Um, so what's happening here is that, as you notice, the South American company got pesos, 
They send it over to Escobar. Escobar takes those pesos, about 100 bucks to do one kilo. Cocaine is produced. This cocaine is transported to U.S. drug dealers, 5,000. So that means one kilo costs around $5,100, okay? To give you an idea, that one kilo is then sold to drug users and addicts in the U.S. market for about $125,000. So that $5,100 gets sold for $125,000, okay? So $125,000 is produced. Now look, there's probably some losses, middlemen, uh, but let's say about $100,000, let's say even $25,000 is paid off to other drug dealers, et cetera, their commission. So now that $5,100 here, Escobar created or paid his cost is converted to about $100,000. Escobar's agents then put it into a US bank account, okay, in dollars. These dollars are what are used to then pay the US razor maker. This is what's actually going on. In some ways, it's fascinating. In some ways, it shows you. And by the way, I'll be talking about this more. Um, I'll be actually giving examples. There are many US companies involved in this in the drug trade. So if you just look at this left side here, what you see is, um, remember, for Pablo Escobar, if you look at this, it's only costing him $5,100 for a kilo. So just keep that in mind, the economics. So in his world, he's happy, let's say even he gets $50,000 coming back in pay, or $50,000 equivalent of pesos, why? Because the markup is so extreme. It's quite profitable, $5,100, right? It's not even, it's 20 times, It's his cost is only about on a good day, 5%, 5%, 95% percent profit. So he's got a lot of profit to share here. A lot of profit to share. So even if he loses 25 grand, um, in this just financial transaction, he's willing to take less money here. So when these razor manufacturers, let's say they're only paying these guys $50,000, okay? And he's happy to get 50 grand. Why? Because of the massive markup. Meanwhile, the goods here are sold at a lower price. This is why the same razor in America is cheaper in other countries. Think about this, because the drug business here is subsidizing the cost here. So for example, by way of example, let's say this guy's selling, you know, um, $50,000 worth of razors here. This company here, needs to pay this guy 50,000, okay? Well, Pablo Escobar is fine, even though that equivalent that he needs, let's say 50,000, he's willing to get lower money for that because of the markup here. That's what we need to understand, okay? So this is essentially how this entire business, so in summary, you, uh, Pablo Escobar makes cocaine, 5,100 bucks, sends it to the US for about a kilo, makes $125,000. Let's say he's got to pay his drug dealers 25K. So the $5,100 converts nearly a 20X, 20 times in value for him. He's got $100,000 in his bank account, okay? Um, the US Razor Company is, um, let's say they've sold $100,000 worth here. So $100,000 are transferred here. $100,000 worth of razors are sent uh, via Panama to the South American company. 
they may only sell the, you know, they, they get the razors. Okay. They're expecting a hundred thousand dollars. This company may sell those razors at a discounted rate, maybe the equivalent of $50,000 worth of pesos. Okay. That's why the costs are reduced for that same razor. They need $50,000, uh, from Pablo Escobar. So they send him $50,000 worth of pesos. And over here, he's willing to transact even a hundred thousand dollars, even though he loses 50 because he's already making 10 X that because it only cost him $5,100. So that's why the costs here, the razors are less. These people are selling them cheaper. Escobar is willing to transact a hundred thousand dollars right here. And even willing to take 50 grand for that hundred thousand dollars because it's free money for him. All right. That's how this all occurs. I hope this was valuable, but it's quite fascinating. It took me a while to make this this simple for you to all understand. And let me just take some questions of what people have. Um, it's a workaround. Let's, uh, I think he, he said it brings in over 125 in kills with the cost of production around 5K plus 25K. Yeah, so let me let me review that as Karina brought this up. So, so let's follow this again so you understand the math. For Pablo Escobar, let's start in this lower left corner. It costs him for one kilo, $100, only $100 to produce that cocaine, which means uh, grow it in the ground, get it, mash it up because he's you know paying people nothing here, okay? Only $100 for one kilo, okay? Which is 2.2 pounds. That's where he gets the cocaine. When, when he ships the cocaine, it's about $5,000 in shipping costs. So it's $5,000 per 100 is $5,100. Let's round it to $5,000. When that one kilo sold to the users and addicts here, the US drug dealers where Pablo Escobar makes uh, 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 one kilo, uh, which is around 25K after it's cut up, typically uh, it's cut up in, in the portions of uh, five times that after they cut it, there's a whole cutting process, which I don't understand because I don't do cocaine or any drugs, but anyway, they make $125,000, okay? Let's say he has to pay these drug dealers 25K. So in Pablo Escobar's account, 125K minus the 25K, he's got $100,000 in his US bank account, okay? So let's assume $100,000 is what he's got sitting in his bank account for his investment of only $5,100. Everyone clear? Okay, separate from that, a US razor maker wants, is selling a South American company has decided to buy $100,000 worth of razors. That's smuggled through Panama, okay? And the US, the South American company gets $100,000 equivalent of US razors. This company in South America, they owe $100,000, okay? That's what they owe. And this is the magic of drug money laundering. This company doesn't sell these razors though for a hundred thousand dollars they sell them maybe only for fifty thousand dollars which means let's say a dollar a razor in the us was one dollar hundred thousand razors was one dollar here they're sold for 50 cents so the costs are lower so in pesos he's getting the equivalent of fifty thousand dollars worth of razors okay he gives escobar fifty thousand dollars worth of pesos escobar's happy remember he only spent five thousand one hundred dollars worth of pesos he's just made 10 times his money and he's quite happy to transfer $100,000 because the money is really not the issue. I hope everyone's understanding. It is the markup. 
So he's fine with quote unquote losing, you know, $50,000, but he's made five X, I mean, 10 X in money. That's what this magic is. That's the magic of currency transfer here. Okay. And using drugs as a medium. What's also interesting is the amazing number of Americans who are buying drugs. The amazing number of Americans who are addicted and this is a world. And so this U S company makes money. South American company makes money. Escobar makes money. We have a lot of addicts and this is the way that the world goes around for major U S corporations, which we'll be talking about exposing. And many times you'll see, yes, Panama don't have addresses. Exactly. Um, uh, someone says there's more than one way a kilo's coming and the amount of money being laundered is straggling trillion dollars. I bet. Thank you for explaining how does money laundering work? We all are complicit in this because we pay passive consent by paying illegal direct tax. That's an interesting idea. Someone said cannabis, not a drug. Well, that's actually not true. Uh, Bernardo, we can talk about it. All food is medicine. Okay. Fo all food is a multi combination drug in the, in the pharmaceutical sense, a drug is a synthetic drug. And that's what, uh, let me put that. Um, and what we see happening is that today's cannabis, I'm going to do a whole talk on this. We've analyzed it with Cytosol. Today's cannabis is not the same cannabis as 50 years ago. It has been hyperbred to have nearly 50% THC and high dose THC screws up people's presynaptic, uh, firings. And if people are prone to psychosis or schizophrenia, you actually increase that. So I'm sorry to say all food is medicine. Um, and these medicines are quite powerful. Uh, you make money from, someone said you make money from debt in this scenario. So sad. Exactly. That's what's going on. Exactly. Um, uh, someone said, thanks doctor. A friend of mine studied, money laundering in London. Interesting. So uh, you, we'll talk about the Clinton Global Initiative. Clinton climbs, including coke dealing proof papers were housed in Murab building. So what we're finding is, I hope this was helpful for everyone. My intent in sharing this was to educate people when you take a systems approach and you start looking at this, you start really being able to interconnect all these systems. So we have corporations here, we have banking systems here. We have smuggling systems here. We have drug companies here. We have an entire um, US drug dealing system here. And by the way, this is obviously more complicated than these block diagrams. Any one of these little block diagrams probably itself gets much, much more detailed. Um, but what I've shared with you is something every American should know about. I was fortunate to be able to get this information recently and put it into a format that I ho hope you all share. But what's going on in the world today is there's literally two economies running. As I've said before, the economy of you and I working hard, working innocently, perhaps being naive on how the world works. And then in another world of the fake economy of Wall Street and this kind of economy. Anyway, thank you, everyone. I hope this was valuable. Let me see if there's any other questions. Um, the entire entertainment system in South America is corrupt. Yep. Uh, you'll find that Hollywood is involved in this. There's a lot of drug money involved in big Hollywood production companies, massive, but you can see the amount of markup that they're making. And that markup is what's really being used to prop up many, many industries. Money gets laundered. 
Escobar gets his uh, gets his pesos. Um, U.S. companies get their products sold, and then in local uh, countries, the product price is never what it should be reflected. So you always keep those countries depressed. Anyway, this is what's going on. Anyway, thank you very much, everyone. Again, this is Dr. Shiva Ayadure. Um, please remember that I'm running uh, for U.S. Senate, and um, uh, I want to emphasize this to people: if you are in the United States or in Massachusetts on this Saturday, this coming Saturday, which is the 27th, we're having a big barbecue in Massachusetts, a massive barbecue at 701 Concord Avenue. You can read about it on the Twitter. You can go to Eventbrite, but please join us because it's gonna be a great barbecue uh, and we have a lot of uh, music, we have fun, um, but it's a way for you to meet lots of people. It's a way for you to support the campaign. And that's literally taking place in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Um, and I'll, let me bring it up here. And if you go to our site, you can see it right on the site. Let me stop here. And you can see it that it's an Eventbrite link everyone should go to right off the web page. You can go to the events page, but you'll see it's the Truth, Freedom, and Health Barbecue. And you can get to it literally by going right off events. It's, it starts at 2 p.m. on the 27th, June 27th. So please uh, come, enjoy yourself. We should have hundreds of people there. Um, it's the Truth, Freedom, and Health Barbecue. So please come uh, and let your friends know. Let everyone you know in Massachusetts, if you're outside of the country, let people know. If you're outside of the country, you're welcome to come. Yes, CIS connected to the drug network. That's true. All right. So anyway, it's Dr. Shiva for Truth, Freedom, and Health, for Shiva for Senate. And again, please go to our website, Shiva for Senate. Support the campaign. Let your friends know. If you're outside of the country, you're welcome to go right to your body, your system, systems health. But we must win in Massachusetts. Tomorrow, I'll be talking about contact tracing and the corruption of contact tracing, how Partners in Health, one of the big elite organizations involving many government officials is involved in total corruption, how they planned out this whole thing. It's a multi-billion dollar industry. We're looking, we're talking about money, money, money. That's what this is all about. So tomorrow we'll be talking about contact tracing and the corruption of contact tracing. Thank you everyone. Be well, be the light. Thank you. Goodbye everyone on Instagram. Have a good night. I'm going to turn people off there on Instagram and then people here on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, YouTube. Be well. Thank you.